guys ready to start the show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. All right. Well, welcome mm. to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Looking at the lovely faces of Heather Weber. Hello. Her many faces. And uh, Caitlin Weber in L.A. The unicorn dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's Caitlin in L.A. Man, throwback. It was a legend, right? Yes. I think of him all the time. Like I uh I watched that recently at Dad's house and I just was sitting there eating a quesadilla, like cheering every time he came <laughs> on. I was like, Wow! Yeah! <laughs> Tim Curry Devil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The darkness. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The I think I want to be Gozer for Halloween though, the lady with the bubble suit and at the end of and the red contact. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Agra still. Oh yeah. Oh crystal. my God, Heather, you should do that. I'd that'd be a to. good. That'd be a great costume, man. Smells like Guffin. Must be Guffin. I'd like the water station. You do a great impression. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know what I'm gonna do for Halloween. I gotta start thinking about that now. Mm. Yeah, 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 we're gonna be able to live it up, kids. We're all vaccinated. Vaccinated. Man, I felt like hammered dog shit after mine. Oh, I really yeah. did. Aww. I got like congested, congested, and like it spread through my chest, like the pain did and stuff. Just like your that. first one. Yeah, I'm, the second one's going to fuck me up. But wow. James fainted from his. That's so crazy. I felt perfectly yeah. fine on the first one. And then uh, obviously so far good on this. But Yeah, I can I can really feel the microbots working. It's pretty Yeah, sweet. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going boom, 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 boom right inside my arm. <laughs> and Bill Gates looks on approvingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the chips. The chips in there. <laughs> so in this episode we'll be exploring the strange incidents that surrounded the area around the town of black river falls in wisconsin between Ooh, 1890 oh, yeah, and 1910 oh we're going back to the homeland oh we oh, got go oh christ huh? <laughs> huh oh put on the brats and pour some shots <laughs> shot 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 brats 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 brats, brats. <laughs> <laughs> i just had a brat yesterday oh really did good. you now you know, there's very few places where you can just walk on down to the park, get yourself a brat, and listen to polka music in the middle of the summer. That's very true. And, and then dip your corn in a bucket of butter that's covered in bees. Yay. Just gotta just swat them off the top and, you know. Swat them off the top. So the author of our source today, Michael Lessey, um, so he was studying for his master's in, in history at the University of Wisconsin. And while there, he came across some photos that were taken in the late 19th century. He found more of the photos and learned that they were taken by Charles Van Shake, Shike, who was the town photographer in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. So, like, you know how cool I just wanted, I was just thinking about that. Like, honestly, the coolest part to fantasize about is like being him and finding something like that and then just completely like going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, that's neat. That's a researcher's dream. Yeah, I had a history professor in college who um, he 
like his um, focus was like Native American history. And he was just digging through these files and he found he found letters that were sent to this like one of those orphanage schools for Native American kids who they were trying to like make them white, basically, you know, like trying to like, like get the savage out of them. And he started finding these letters of, you know, from these mothers like, hey, where's my kid or whatever. Or they'd send letters to the mothers and be like, "Uh, your kid died. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, and he found a bunch of them, and and it was I'm just like, dude, that is that's kind of the dream if you're a historian, you know, finding wow proof essentially. Yeah, or just you know, it, it's just finding something that's not like mundane everyday kind of like mm-hmm. goings on, like you know, bureaucratic letters or just kind of normal correspondences or you know, like tax documents. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like finding it's like finding like something whole... really interesting. Yeah, yeah, cracking wow. a whole thing open. It's uh pretty incredible yeah (laughs) i was like wow it's one of the coolest things about this documentary is just thinking about being that dude and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so lessie originally wanted to compile all the photos into a book and he then began looking at editorial pieces from the badger state banner which was a paper that ran during the 1890s so most of the excerpts that Leslie read were written by a father, Frank Cooper, and his son, George. And they wrote down all these accounts of these incidents that happened in this area. So Leslie began to see reoccurring accounts of disease, suicide, murder, insanity, devastating poverty, and a disturbing amount of arsons. And these became yeah. the main focus of the book, which he called Wisconsin Death Trip, which is the source that we will be covering today. Yeah. Woo! It's got such a cool neo-gothic feel to it. It's it's like a great title, man. Yeah, it is. It is a cool book inside as well. It's got some like artistic scans of the photos and yeah, some mirroring going on. Yeah, I like the way that it's like sectioned off. Yeah, it's cool. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so today we're going to be reading excerpts from Leslie's book, uh, which are all direct incidents that were recorded in Black River Falls and some of the neighboring towns in the late 19th century. And a lot of these. Real quick here. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick. We're here. Where's on on the mitten here? Where is Black River Falls? So it's kind of north Wisconsin. It's sort of like north central um, west Wisconsin. So almost kind of on that border of Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh yeah, because we were down here on the mitten there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were only like a couple hours from Iowa. Nice. Mm-hmm. Most of these towns were made up of Germanic and Norwegian immigrants. So to kind of set the mood and give a little context, we'll just kind of spend just a really brief moment, kind of talking about this area in the late 1800s. So if you turn to your book, to chapter 10. Your brief and colorful history of Wisconsin immigration. (laughs) So there were rapid changes from the 19th to the 20th century. Industrialization and rural and urban population shifts led many industrious towns to the brink of ruin. Where people once farmed and practiced various trades, now factories sprang up where the workers did one repetitive task. And the demands of a growing capitalist culture forced them to work quicker and longer. So the factories and industrial farms also affected the local farmers, making it harder and harder for them to scratch out a living. So another factor that led to such desperate times for some were the downturns in work. 
Some factories would shut down. Industries like lumber would move in and out of the area. And this instability put a lot of families in dire straits. And then you also had the ravages of diseases, both physical, mental, and spiritual, which also weighed heavy on many. So isolation and the crushing realities of immigrant and rural life in these desolate conditions made life unbearable for many. Religious mania and superstitions gave way to tales of monsters and ghosts as well. But these seemed to be more often reflective of the real monsters and ghosts that were a part of their lives. Murders, incestuous fathers, the insane wandering the streets, the homeless tramps and robbers who came and went, and then the ever-growing populations of the graveyards. Damn. Yeah. So the years between 1885 and 1910 were marred by epidemics, homelessness, joblessness, financial collapse, starvation, insanity, abandonment, and suicide. Hmm. Uh, that's quite, yeah. a, quite a laundry list. Yeah, that's that's definitely the flip side of uh, mummy unwrapping parties, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there will be some there will be some funny bits in here, though. It's not going to be all dread and and horrible stuff like it, there's there yeah. are some funny some funny moments in it. Yeah. So the rule, the rural, and the, I fucking always have a hard time saying this word. Uh. Rural, 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 rural. Rural. So the rural. So the rural, rural, rural. So the rural and highly religious communities were often so oppressive in both the religious fervor and the isolation of that type of living, it drove many to vice, which resulted in even more oppressive temperance temperance movements. So like you had both, like you know, we all know like the temperance movements of women being like, you know, no more drinking because like their husbands would get drunk and beat mm-hmm. the shit out of them and their kids. But then you also had yeah, yeah. some some men making temperance movements. Um, yep. You know, and that was sort of out of the the climate of all these guys turning to drinking um, because they lost their jobs or, you know, like some other hardships. Yeah. So you, you had these like, I don't know, which it makes it more oppressive, right? Because it's, it's limiting your rights even more when you maybe you're like, yeah. I have nothing else, man. Right. So I don't know, there's a flip side, right? For sure. But more importantly, these conditions drove many to abandon this life, either through suicide, criminality, murder, or insanity. And with that, let's get into some of these um, reports. Um, Incidents, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to take this basically by year. That's the way the book kind of splits it up, and that just seemed to make the most sense. Um, So Heather will take one, and then I'll take one, and then we'll just kind of, we'll see what happens. (laughs) So this is 1885 to 86. The 80-year-old mother of an imprisoned man threw herself in front of a train and was cut into three pieces. She was crazed by disgrace. So some of these aren't going to have any context. Like some are very short blurbs. So we just have to kind of take them as they are. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You cut into three pieces. Holy shit. So she like laid her like probably her neck. Like, you know, laid um, long way. Like or, right across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably like cough her head and her feet or her legs or yeah. something. Woo. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I remember one time I met this, um, like this really famous historian for death stuff. His name's Paul Kudinaris. And I mentioned that I was from Florida. And then I mentioned I was from Wisconsin. And most people like jump on being from Florida. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And tell me more about it. He was fascinated with Wisconsin. Yeah. He was just like 
he was like, that's a spooky place. And I was like, yeah, I know yeah, it is. It How is. people know that it's so fucking spooky up there? Tell me more about Florida, you redneck behemoth. No, <laughs> <laughs> no exactly. <laughs> have you, okay, have you seen an alligator? Now, have you seen an alligator eating a hobo? Now, have you seen an alligator at a crosswalk? Which I have actually yeah, seen. Yeah, I've seen an alligator smoking crack. <laughs> okay. Very close. Very. Does close it need a that. really long stemmed pipe or like, I don't know. <laughs> it can't reach it. Its legs are too stubby. It looks like a fucking Gandalf <laughs> alligator smoking crackhead. Could you light me up, brother? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> okay, so the next one. A woman was recently found wandering the streets of Eau Claire with a dead baby in her arms. She was from Chippewa County and had lost her husband and was destitute. The grocer greeted her in a perfunctorily kind manner and offered her a chair, which she took gratefully. She sat for a quarter of an hour, almost without moving. At length, she rose and went out on the walk, carrying the baby. She walked up and down the street, desolately homeless. She did not know what to do with herself. She knew no one except the grocer. She grew bitter as she saw a couple of ladies pass, holding their demitrains in the latest city fashion, which was like this like kind of cloak part of a dress that they just you carry around, like kind of lift up. Yeah. Another woman went by pushing a baby cart in which sat a child, just about as big as her own. It was bouncing itself up and down on the long slender springs and laughing and shouting. Its clean round face glowed from its pretty fringed hood. She looked down at the dusty clothes and grimy face of her own little one and walked on savagely. Oh my god, my fucking soul escaped from my fucking eyeballs. That's horrible. Yeah, well, that's going to be the like one of the really interesting things. It's going to be like punchline. Oh, and another one, but like, <laughs> damn. That's the third baby this week. No, um, <laughs> no, but but this is something that we'll we'll see, and this is a big theme in the book. Insanity is probably the biggest theme in the book that I, that I find the most reoccurring yeah. um, incidents that happen. That's interesting. Yeah, and you know, again, it's these these conditions of their everyday lives, and and also like the fluctuations of of the times. You know, I guess changing it from the nineteenth to twentieth century. There are a lot of instances um, of just. In, insanity or just people just completely losing it and wow, it was how interesting mm -hmm. it was mentioned in the documentary too that a lot of these were like seasonal as well like yes mm -hmm. when the winter came along that's when shit really hit the fan dude i really i i i think upon the time i i lived in wisconsin i mean not to hurt anyone's feelings but it was a dark fucking time I was not having. I was not having fun. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. Mm -mm. Yeah, I, I yep. mean, and that's where that isolation. I mean, it's not. It's not only being isolated in some sort of small town out in the boonies. I mean, it's you know, you bring up the weather or like those conditions. I mean, that's even more isolating Ugh. in an isolated place. Yeah, it's just it's so interesting because like it's so bitterly cold and the wind's blowing so hard and. You sometimes you can't even drive because it's unsafe and it's just empty everything, mm -hmm. empty town, and it lasts for yeah. a long time too. It's it's months, mm -hmm. and, you know, on bad winters. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine like what they they didn't have that we do today, like living through those conditions. That's mm -hmm. so, yeah, man, rough. You don't got you don't got electric heaters. No, no. and if you can. 
Like, what if you were incapacitated in some way, whether it be physical or mental, and you couldn't even get yourself coal or wood to keep your ass warm? Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I didn't put any of those in here, but there were a couple, um, which, by the way, I, I think everybody, you know, if you're interested in any of this, read the book, um, Leslie's book. Certainly. Um, it, or to watch the documentary, the book's much better. It's got a lot more. Yeah. But um, a couple, there were like a few instances of them finding people, like usually guys um, who lived alone, um, having starved to death in their house. You know, like either Ugh. they couldn't get wood or they froze to death. It, most of the time it was starvation. Um, but they, like you said, they, they couldn't, you know, procure food or heat or anything for themselves. Aww. And they just kind of, you know, they just perished in their homes. That's horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, terrible. very fucking sad. <laughs> I'd almost rather freeze to death than starve to death. Yeah. Oh my God. <sighs> All right. <laughs> <That's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the naked body of the wife of Fritz Armbruster, a woman who had worked in Best Butcher Shop, was found frozen by the roadside near Albion, six miles from Black River Falls. She and her husband had separated, he living in town, she living alone in the house. Although no one had noticed that she had been suffering from any physical or mental disorder, two years ago the loss of a child is said to have affected her very deeply and may have led to her becoming partially demented. The probability is that she rose in a fit of delirium and wandered away. I think about that one all the time. Yeah. I, th I, I would think about that one in Wisconsin, too, when I was really, like, depressed, just, like, wandering out into the cold. Mm -hmm. Ugh. That's... Yeah. That's bleak. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but then I'd eat a cheeseburger and re reinvigorate then my I'd love of life. Then I'd have some brats and I'd get that brat juice going oh. and Christ, I felt better. Oh, it's like that juice <laughs> of the gods. Get a Milwaukee's best oh. and James put on your Fargo. best face. That's right. James just watched Fargo and he's all like, well, we get that factory bottom coat for you there. <laughs> <laughs> he says... Well, gosh darn it, I, did. I told you I didn't want the goddamn bunk. <laughs> I love that movie. That's so, so good. It's so funny. <laughs> ah, jeez, ah, heck. <laughs> so, next one. <laughs> it is reported that a house owned by Adolf Walmer, ooh, situated one half mile south of Tess's Corners in the town of Muskego? Muskego? Muskego, probably. In the town of Muskego, Waukesha County is haunted. It is perfectly no. quiet around the house until the dread hour of night approaches when it is suddenly illuminated. Distinct sounds of footsteps are heard pacing the floors and the doors swing to and fro, yet no object is perceptible. This scene is of very short duration, lasting one or two minutes only, and is repeated several times during the early morning hours. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah, also that cool. There's a couple of... ghost stories in this stuff too. I mean, it's not, That's it's not ghost stories, but it's more like you know. Um, I think it was drunk rakins. <laughs> What's that? Rick raccoons. Drunk rakins. <laughs> it's just when you said the footsteps thing that reminds me of when I had to listen to that ghost like tromping around Ken's upstairs all morning. Yeah, it's weird. Oh my God! Like hello, my baby. Uh, hello, my honey. Was doing that. Hello, my rat. They were I'm just. Down. They were the loudest. <laughs> like they were just. You could tell that the the way it sounded was like old boots, like heavy old boots. It was really fucking loud. Ugh. I'll never forget that. Ugh. Ugh, that's 
Wisconsin is so spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why they call it one of the most haunted states. Yeah. We'll probably be going back to Wisconsin quite a bit Ooh, on the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a love. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now we begin with 1890. 1890. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the 90s. Pearl Jam was on the radio. and. <laughs> John Cooney, charged with the murder of William Christian in the town of Primrose, December 12, 1888, pleaded guilty and was immediately sentenced to life imprisonment. His crime was the most atrocious ever committed in Dane County. About December 23, 1888, two boys while fishing found a sack in the water. They opened it and found portions of a human body. It was found that Christian had been killed, his body cut in small pieces, part of the remains burned, part placed in a sack and thrown in a creek, and others packed in a valise and carried away by the murderer. In his confession, Cooney says that he killed Christian because he ridiculed his religion and laughed at him for reading the Bible. You laughing at me? Huh? You laughing at me? Just like, oh shit. I feel like I feel like that's something he made up after the fact. I bet he just didn't like the way uh, he chewed uh, or something. Uh, uh, like Christian that. hated God. Yeah. He hated God. Yeah. You, you, y- yes. Yes. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. And is that nice? Mm. It wasn't the smacking. It wasn't the constant smacking. <laughs> it kind of sounded like Cooney took a little bit of, ho- of of Christian home in like a doggy bag. Ooh, maybe he Better did. Maybe a, little, home, maybe a little three. cannibalism. I don't know. There's no basis, mm. but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say there is. <laughs> they like to imagine. Yep. They're imagineers. <laughs> Do you guys think you'll ever go back to Wisconsin? Oh, I want to go back. Yeah, I want to take a uh, visit. I, I want to take yeah. M back. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm totally gonna visit. I, I love Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's really beautiful. It is pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some great forests and cliffs and rivers and shit. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. Like Door County is one place that's really pretty, and then there's like House on the Rock and stuff like that. Yeah, and then all this Frank Lloyd Wright stuff. It's pretty cool. And the weather's beautiful. Man. Yeah, and they have a lot of uh, Native American like sites and stuff. Um, you know, with the, that have like artifacts and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and speaking of which, like, what is it? The word Manitowoc is something about the land of walking spirits or something like oh, that. Oh, I don't know. It's supposed to be. Oh. It's supposed to be about the 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 dead walking and like oh, a very thin. What the fuck? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. That's why it's so spooky. <laughs> Whoa, that's nuts. <laughs> so next one. All right. Miss Frederick North, a widow was found dead the other day at Sparta with her head in a barrel of water. She was thought to have Uh-oh. committed suicide. You think? Daisy. So, uh, you know, so we were, when me, Em and I was watching this, she brought something up, you know, where she's like, some of this sounds, you know, they're like, it's suicide, but she's like, mm. I don't know, she was a little suspicious that she thought maybe some of those were murders. Oh, yeah. someone drowned her ass? Well, yeah. you know. Possibly. I suppose it might be pretty difficult to try to drown yourself in a barrel of water just by, like, sticking your head in. But, like, that's the level of depression these people were at, though, is the fascinating thing. I guess know? so. Like, going through, like, elaborate, strange ways of killing themselves. Yeah. That's hardcore, I, man. I mean, well, M, M thought yeah. the woman who was found at the side of the road frozen to death naked, she found that a little suspicious. And I'm yes, that, I'm kind of inclined does. to agree with her. I wish I had more information, yes. you know, if they did like an autopsy or, you know, 
I mean, because we'll get to it, we'll get to it later. But because of these like you know economic downturns that would kind of come and go, or like people becoming homeless, you know, you had a lot of like like what they call them tramps, vagrants. yeah, vagrants, mm-hmm. homeless people, like you know, robbers. Um, they come in and people. out of the town. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'd come mm-hmm. just trying to find money or work. Sometimes they were criminals and they'd rob, murder, um, rape. Yeah, that happened. Was that in Illinois or Iowa? But like the whole family murdered with an axe by someone oh. like that, just passing mm-hmm. through. Yeah, I remember. Like a bunch of little girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that? I thought that was Mississippi. There's there's several cases like oh, that, honestly. Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. God damn. Yeah. And like when you were saying like a woman found by the road naked and dead. Yeah, that's that's a lot of true crime cases, too. A lot of women are found like that, like mm-hmm. near a roadway stripped of their clothes yeah. um oh my god i didn't even think about that yeah yeah that's so. interesting i must i must say it's more like ghostly and interesting to think of her just wandering off rather than the yeah then like a, than the yeah i know yeah, yeah and i guess we, we really won't know i mean it's you know it's uh it's possible that she did i mean for sure i mean given the amount of like you know mental breakdowns people seem to have had but you know mm-hmm. also it could be them just wanting to not really like go into it anymore like the investigators like yeah she killed herself you know kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. oh sure yeah open and shut case yeah <laughs> i'm sure and and especially with like a smaller tight-knit type of community like that that's unspeakable for so, sure yeah yeah suicides probably yeah it's, it's easier yeah, to preferable take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right next one in winter the only men left in town were either so young they were in school or so old that they were in bed or so spineless, they sold things to ladies. Everyone else was off in the pineries. They got up at four and turned in at ten. They swamped and sawed and snaked the trees. They caught smallpox from each other and clap from the girls in the dens. (laughs) They drank a lot and got caught by chains and crushed by log jams. Grudges got settled fast. If a man was your friend, that was all. If he was your enemy, God help him or you. The old fools got beaten and strung up just to scare some sense into them. The younger ones got run out. Sometimes a man would get so used to the woods, or so bitter about the people in town, that he'd never go home. He'd just put up a shack and wait for the next freeze, and the next drive. Yeah, man. It's like, it's just, that's one of those snapshots of kind of the, the harsh realities of, you know, working in those communities. Or, or like working for those industries. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to what they sold things to ladies means. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I was like, I was like, is it vice versa? Like they bought things from ladies because then that means vagina. But like, <laughs> no, I, sold things to ladies like like handkerchiefs and perfume. Oh, they're selling <laughs> fruity stuff. Oh. I wonder so if it's funny. just if. I mean, it doesn't seem like it'd be crazy for a woman to buy things from somebody at that time. I mean, I wonder if I it's like past I, that. I wonder if it's like, uh, oh, you know, I heard he's got a he's got a suitcase full of women's clothing. <laughs> yeah? yeah, like some kind maybe. of lady. Maybe he was new. selling lady things to ladies, and that just won't do. I don't know. Or or he was selling those at home massagers. You oh, know, oh. <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
which was yeah. just him smacking your back with a bunch of couple brats. <laughs> a the old Wisconsin massage. massage. Yeah. Fucking brats are so disgusting, but so delicious. Oh, they're so delicious. I know. Yeah. I know. Just <laughs> popping off in your mouth with some kraut. Oh, get the kraut on there. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved I loved the beer fest in the summer, and you get you you get your bra and you get your pretzel necklace, and it, you just have a good old time. Mm-hmm. Your yard of beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to 1891. John H. Phillips, the wealthy farmer who, in the past four years, has suffered losses aggregating seventeen thousand dollars by incendiary fires, is under arrest, charged with arson. It is alleged that he has started no less than 10 fires and is the famous New Berlin Firebug, who has been such a terror to the rural districts. <laughs> that's, that's a cute I wonder name. Why? I wonder why he wants to set all those fires or uh, wanted to. There's a lots of uh, ar- arsonists in this. Yeah, there, there's Tons. a disturbing amount of arsons that happened um i mean i think for some it was like getting insurance money but for others it might have been some pyromania and you know maybe that's attributed to the 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 sort of isolating desolate cold weather you know you you make a big old fucking fire and start see some nice colors get some warmth oh my god i love that character from the movie quills he's like the most quintessential best like art like um, pyrom- pyromaniac 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 the one that's all like from the fire from the fire and he's just always <laughs> like trying to touch the fire and then he lights a fire and he's all like <laughs> <laughs> he's so happy and he like hugs himself the best. I think of that all the time you gotta love yourself <laughs> gotta love- you know what yes because if you don't, then you might, you know, drown your fucking self in a bucket in and, Wisconsin. You know, burn, laugh, love. <laughs> burn, laugh, love. <laughs> brats. <laughs> I wish you would step up from that ledge, my friend, because there's so many more brats to have. <laughs> Admitted February 22nd, 1888. Town of Garden Valley. Aged 41. Born in Wisconsin. Married. Farmer. Born in Wisconsin. (laughs) Married. Farmer. There have been numerous attacks of insanity since 81. These attacks are manifested by violent spells alternating with fits of melancholia. Easily excited at little things when he becomes violent and profane. His family is afraid of him, although he has never attempted to injure anyone. March 28th. Discharged today. Went home with his father. Recovered. Readmitted August 15th, 1894. Married, three children, youngest, 18 years. Farmer. Limited means. Insanity now manifested by seclusion and a tendency to violence when opposed. Neglect of business affairs, etc. He used tobacco to excess. Oh, that's what did it. Ah. You know the first guy I just like thought he was just practicing his break dancing or something. <laughs> or, like rave dancing. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny that they just threw that in there. And again, that, that kind of is like that temperance movement um yeah, coming in, yeah. but it's just like, oh by the way, he used tobacco to excess, like we're gonna blame those devilish substances. <sighs> if what if if something has if if under the pendulum has taught me anything is uh just a constant reminder of how horribly 
the insane were treated or the you know mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's, it's going on today, man. It's, yep, it's, yep. It hasn't stopped. You know, it's funny though because back, back, you know, back then you were more likely to be sent to like a mental institution for being crazy if you like wandered into a business and we're like, but you know, now we just are like, get out of here, you bum. You know, you know what I mean? Like, unless they're actually outwardly violent, yeah, we're just kind of like, yeah, you shoot them out with a broom and. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Reagan. Yep. Reaganomics. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one. Miss. I need that whisper, Chris. You're auditioning. Miss Johnson. Miss John Lawson. Wife of a farmer living in town of Joy. <laughs> town. <laughs> you really got a nuncio. Damn, you're really good. <clears throat> you're so quiet. Thank you. <laughs> could barely hear me <laughs> let's put him in the documentary you <laughs> could barely hear him <laughs> so miss john larson wife of a farmer living in the town of troy drowned her three children in lake st croix during a fit of insanity Dang. yeah we took a hard left turn her yeah. husband, on finding her absent from the house, began a search and found her at the lake shore. Two of her children lying in the sand dead. The third could not be found. Miss Larson imagines that devils pursue her. Hmm. Man, that happens a lot throughout history. A mom is killing all their kids in one shot. Yeah, like so drowning happens. especially. Mama's that was like that one time killing. I had all those edibles and I didn't know I had eaten a bunch of edibles. <laughs> And then I broke into hot sweats and was wandering around the yard. And I always tell people, I'm like, man, if I had kids, I would have drowned them. That's how crazy I felt. <laughs> you should have told like people that. It's like that time that. I took edibles. <laughs> yeah. It's like that time I took edibles and I thought I had children and I tried to drown them. <laughs> it was just the, totally. the neighborhood cats. <laughs> I have said that to so many <laughs> oh, no. people. I don't know how many times I've said that to somebody. <laughs> I'm sure it was in good company. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking true, though. <laughs> hey. Speak hey, your man, truth, girl. Always testing yes. us. Always testing your patience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just trying to illustrate the level of insanity, but, you know, I guess that is pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does its job for sure. Yeah. I think I think when you don't have kids, you're just a little more detached, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, because you know, they're yes. like dolls in your head or something. They're a bunch of fucking Care Bears lined up on the beach and they're fine. Ugh, oh, yeah. I definitely yeah. do that to to many capacities all the time with people who have kids. It's yeah. I should not talk about kids because. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I like I'm not a pedophile, but like I just don't know how to talk about children. <laughs> I feel like that's just like I'm like to preface. <laughs> I'm to I am preface. such not I am such not a pedophile. I don't even know how to talk about children. <laughs> the subject of child. It's gobbledygook to me, man. I don't know. <laughs> Poverty and no work caused August Schultz of Appleton to shoot himself in the head 
while sitting in his little home with his wife and five children. Jeez, dude just fucking just shoots Apple himself tent. right right in the room where everybody is just I... hanging out. They're just all chilling. At... Wow. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Now be like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, fuck. It's horrible. It's sounds like so upsetting. Potato yeah, soup again. Good God. God. <laughs> and then it's like it's like a pumpkin, you know? Uh, yeah, I watched a video recently of a dude that was like doing a live Facebook stream. He was on there for like 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden he just takes a shotgun, puts it under his chin. Pa-pow! Whoa. Head is gone. And the blood's... You saw Yeah. And the blood's hitting the floor, and it sounds like a faucet. It's Dude, I, I, so I, I don't know if you guys ever watched the video of uh, Bud Bud Dwyer, I think his name is. He's a politician who shot himself on live TV. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was like yeah. a faucet as but, well. Yeah, but yeah, you hear it. It's, it sounds like a fucking faucet. Ooh, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, that shit's nuts. Still on, oh, still on YouTube. You can still watch so it. <laughs> it's on fucking YouTube? That's where I saw it. Yeah. Ew. I mean, it was on live television in the, I think it was in yeah, the 80s. Yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm fine. I'm just yeah, fine. <laughs> totally fine. Dude, I cannot. Older I get, I cannot handle that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it's oh, it's so rough. Bad. I mean, I, I definitely have rough. a morbid curiosity. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's. Yeah, I can't help it's, myself. It's still hard to watch. It, it's hard. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't do it anymore. No way. Yeah, no I, way. I watched the Bjork guy. Did you guys ever know about that oh. guy? Oh, yeah. Mm. That was weird because when he, he, his head didn't blow up. It just no. was like a big like poof. Well, he used like a, I don't know what kind of gun. He used a little gun, but yeah, it just, it, it just, it didn't exit his head. It just kind of poked through the top. Oh. But then, but huh. again, when he, when he, and then he's. He killed him immediately though, right? Uh, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like he, I mean, but, but again, uh. you, you heard the faucet like sound of, of the blood, you know, I mean, just all, Ooh. all the blood in the brain. Oh, I hate yeah. that. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, don't, <laughs> anyway, don't on to one. 1892. <laughs> Woo! Good year. 1892. <laughs> so, Red Cedar Lake near Fort Atkinson is again agitated by a monster who has lain dormant through the cold months. William Ward lost five sheep by the visit of the serpent. Their bodies were found in the mud, partly devoured. So I what a serpent. Well, so I I, I was looking it up because I was trying. You know, they, they don't they don't go into more detail or context. But um, supposedly in the 1890s, they believed that a like a serpent or kind of like almost you know some people compare it to like Nessie. Is um, it a were that... snake? <laughs> Oh, he's trying. <laughs> but anyway, so they, um, yeah, so they said there was the serpent who, like, kind of was, you know, uh, ravaging the shores, and it would seize animals off of the shore, and like, hmm. or slither into farms and carry them away into the water or into the mud. Interesting. Yeah, because they, because they were finding like people's cattle or there's other, you know, farm animals were missing, and they'd find them like partly devoured in like muddy. In oh the mud. my god, you guys! So a, that's crazy. It's another cryptid. God, we could probably do yeah. a whole thing on Wisconsin cryptids. They have so fucking many of them. Yeah, we'll, really? we'll have to yeah. we'll have to return we to do. that sometime. It's about time we did another Man. monster series. Another monster. Yeah. Episode. Marie Sweeney, who ran away from her husband at St. Paul and has been creating trouble at Ashland with her wild mania for breaking windows, has finally been captured. Reports from yeah. St. Paul say that she was a model wife and mother but some injury to her brain entirely changed her character. 
She ran away from home two years ago and since then has been in more than 100 different jails, serving short sentences for indulging in her wild sport. Oh, and this is not the last time we'll be hearing about Sweeney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And it's all that cocaine that's ruined her life. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Goddamn, she's like listening to Duran Duran in her head and she's just fucking breaking those windows and snorting coke. That was also another funny reenactment of her just sitting there <laughs> snorting rails off Smoke of her little compact. Yeah. <laughs> that. Curtis Ricks, the ossified man, died at his home in Racine. Mr. Hicks, since 1879, has been a helpless invalid. About eight years ago, his joints began to stiffen and his flesh turned to bone. For the past two years, he has been a traveling freak. Sorry, they have it in quotations. Freak! Hicks was formerly a well-known engineer on the Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul Road. He leaves a wife and seven children. Yeah, so he was like a what? sideshow freak who was an engineer. Hmm. What did he? Why? So what was what was wrong he with had him? Probably like that bone that bone condition where you're, or maybe that skin condition where you start calcifying and calcifying hardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew a lady who had that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your your joints like stiffen, so you can't move them anymore. Kind of, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds off. It sounds fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah turning to stone, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ay ay ay. The society people of Kenosha are worked up over the discovery that a person known as Mrs. Howe is not a woman, but a man. She's a he man, baby. Som- <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah. <laughs> He went there some time ago to get up a kermis for a church, and several ladies joined in the performance. The peculi- the peculiarity, I can't say that word. I, oh, fucking, so I know, that word always gets you. <laughs> the pecu- <laughs> the peculiarity. <laughs> the peculiarity. Peculiarity. No, I can't say it. The peculiarity of her manners was commented on at the time, but none suspected the real truth. Now there is regret on the part of the participants that they joined Mrs. Howe's troop of dancers. <laughs> Just like, all right, <laughs> girls, swing those hips. Swing those hips. Come on. That's right. That's right. I'm your private dancer. It's too uh, that's, that's too bad. Uh, she was found out. That stinks. Yeah. 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 She just had that music in her heart. Yeah. She, just she wanted, wanted to be who dance, she was. Man. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to 1893, which is a particularly rough year in the book. Oh, good. And oh, uh, guess who's back? Marie Sweeney, of window-breaking fame, attempted to throw a satchel through one of our cat's clothing store windows at Fond du Lac. She was arrested and given five days, five days in the county jail. Oh, that's it, huh? Man, she just loves, she's just trying to take a tour of all the jails. She's got a punch card. Sweetie strikes again, you cunt sake. (laughs) I hate cats. (laughs) I mean, I guess you can't lock someone up for too long for breaking windows. That's fun. I lived in Fond du Lac. I wonder if I walked the same footsteps as breaking. I bet you did. Cokie McPants. Yeah. Breaky glass Cokie McPants. (laughs) Breaky glassy Cokie pants. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> affectionately known as. <laughs> there has been an unusual mortality among the children at Grantsburg and vicinity lately. The many deaths have caused a feeling of great uneasiness and alarm, and it was decided to close the schools. 
The deaths have been so frequent that in many cases, two members of the same family have been buried on the same day. Hmm. The doctors differ in opinion as to the nature of what seems to be an epidemic. The epidemic, said by some to be diphtheria, that prevails at Grantsburg among the young people, goes on without abatement. A large number of deaths have occurred. The schools have been closed. It has taken hold of the Chippewa Indian papooses, and a large number of deaths are reported. The epidemic has given such alarm that it is hard to induce the living to bury the dead. Yeah, and man, that's um, you see the word diphtheria in this book more than you've probably ever seen in your life. <laughs> what is diphtheria, Chris? Um, well, I don't know exactly what it is. I know it can be caused from feces, and so one thing from feces from feces, yeah, um, like poop. Mm-hmm. You know, poop, oh, poop. I know, I know. Uh, feces. Oh yeah, is, poop, surprised. poopy butt. Um, but anyway, so I know every word for. Poop so you have all these, that. like you know rural farmers you know like kind of sometimes living close to each other sometimes they're just pigs or you know like running around um so you had like these diseases crop up from these unkept or uncleaned pig pens so like these families whole families would be ravaged and then kids would go to school pass diphtheria on you know sometimes for being uncleanly so it's also kind of like dysentery and like camps and stuff like that i'm not sure if it's the same um but yeah, they uh, they apparently have a vaccine for it, um, and um, it's a serious infection of the nose and throat. A sheet of thick gray matter covers the back of the throat, making breathing hard. Symptoms include sore throat, fever, swollen n- lymph nodes, and weaknesses. Do not take while Sounds drinking. Sounds unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, it was um, a real problem in these areas. Like, you, like again, you, you see diphtheria pop up a lot. And it just, I mean, ravaged the younger pop, you know, population, like all the kids and, you know, younger people, yeah. the elderly. Um, yeah, man, it would, I mean, it would almost, it took out like entire families sometimes. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, man. That's awful. Yep. Oh, my God. So happy to be alive <laughs> here. <laughs> So let's move on to 1894. Guess who it is? Is it? Mary Ricks. Ah! Cookie makes smashy pants. <laughs> Mary Ricks is the alias for Sweeney. Wow, how how creative. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mary Window Ricks. Um, <laughs> so, Mary Ricks, the Wisconsin Windex, window. I hate <laughs> I can't tell if there's a window there or not. <laughs> so Mary Ricks, the Wisconsin window smasher, has put in an appearance at Eau Claire. She was taken into custody by a policeman as she was about to wreck a fine plate glass window. It was a fine one indeed. No, no, it was a rounded one. God damn it. Do you know how expensive those are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's antique glass. Special. <laughs> window smasher strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I will say, this is a little off subject, but all of the old um, houses in Wisconsin, and you know, like the old glass where it's kind of ripped yeah. a little bit, like mm-hmm. wavy. I love that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. Really cool. Yeah, how many times were we told that it's antique glass and be careful with that goddamn ball playing in the mm-hmm. in the yard? I remember getting yelled out about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did we break? Do we? No, break the they're just very concerned oh, about the so. antique glass. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
A man at Eau Claire gave a boy a dollar to shear a big Newfoundland dog and anoint him with kerosene oil. The when fuck? the job, which was done in a livery stable, had been completed, and no hair was left on the dog except a tuft at the end of his tail, ah, one of the hangers on around the barn touched a match to it. No! The dog was instantly a sheet of flame and ran howling down the street. Poor well, thing! Yeah. Well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> no. Fuck that. I would have beaten that. I would have killed that person. I would have beaten him to death. Why do you kerosene? think he meant to do you think he meant to do that? I I don't I don't know. Like is rubbing Wait, no, he paid the boy to cover the dog and kerosene. To shave the right? dog and cover the dog in kerosene. But maybe he I don't know is like oil car- it? I don't know if uh, kerosene's yeah, like an old timey. But why would you strike a match at that moment? Well, it wasn't it wasn't the guy, smoke, it was man. another dude. Yeah. God, it was just some psycho standing yeah. there. Motherfucker. Yeah, I would have beaten him to death. <laughs> Today's my day. <laughs> Fucking hurt a dog. Oh, yeah, know. that's horrible. It's, it's, that poor it's fucking awful. dog. Oh, I know. Hopefully it I, went I, out quickly. I, it's kind of comical, it. though, but yeah. It's awful, but comical. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. So, an unknown man giving the name of William Harper and calling himself a Chicago socialist threatened to blow up the Ashland National Bank. He was overpowered in the bank with police assistance. Fifteen bottles of green liquid and a package of unknown powder were found on him. There's some real fucking supervillain shit going on. Yeah, man, there was a couple of those. Yeah, man, it's it's wild. My God. All right, moving on to 1895. A strange case is occupying the attention of Doctors Gregory and Lindors of Stevens Point and Dr. Wheat of Plover. The patient, Miss Cora Simmons of Plover, is a young woman about 23 years of age. As she was bitten by a dog two years ago, and from her symptoms of barking and frothing at the mouth, it was thought at first she had hydrophobia. But as her case develops, it seems more probable that she has hysteria. She claims to have an inspiration of all that is taking place in the village. She says she has died and gone to heaven, talked with her loved ones who have gone before, seen the angels, and returned to earth. The physicians are puzzled over the case and are unable to determine just what her complaint is. Well, haven't you heard? All dogs go to heaven. I just like saw a lady in sweatpants and like a cat sweater and stuff like that, just being like, oh yes, I've died and gone. I know these little angel babies. I keep them around me always. I have figurines of angels all over. <laughs> and she only eats her food out of a dog bowl on the floor. So queer. So John Locke, a resident of Phillips, made several attempts to blow himself into eternity while on the southbound central train. He had a dynamite oh. cartridge tied around his body under his vest and passed out on the smoking car platform and lit the fuse. Oh, dirt. During his excitement, the cat became misplaced, fell on the platform, and was lost. He then went back into the car to try again. The cat was also lost. There were about 20 persons in the car, and some of them noticed his peculiar actions. At Prentice, he bought another cap and made a third attempt. Bystanders interfered, and he was placed under arrest. Locke recently came into possession of a large fortune from Germany and has a wife and four children. 
Well, that one's just crazy. He just tried to blow himself up and take a bunch of people with him. And he just didn't succeed, and then he became rich. Rich people, man. Ri- I don't <laughs> rich people. I don't, I don't get them. Is this is this dynamite guy number two? Like there's yeah, th- mm-hmm. there's yep. more than one story. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that's so silly. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. Hey, guess who it is, guys? Maria Sweeties back. Yay. <laughs> Cokey mix, smashy pants. Look at her. <laughs> Look Maria at Sweeney. go with smashy pants. <laughs> Who's that girl? <laughs> Maria Sweeney, alias Mary Ricks, the window smasher, reached Eau Claire from St. Paul and sat up all night in the waiting room of one of the depots. In the morning, she demanded a ticket to Hayward from the chief of police. He refused, but offered to send her to Chippewa Falls. She gave the chief till three o'clock in the afternoon to accede her demand, and then moved on to the depot windows. Before she could break any glass, she was arrested. I just thought of her holding up a mirror and, like, smashing it. (laughs) You don't know what I can do. You get me a ticket or the window gets it! (laughs) And then, like, her sitting up all night just making, like, smashing noise, like... <laughs> you think that's scary? <laughs> I just love that she like she just like acts like a fucking just like a heist or like you know she takes it hostage and it's just like holds up a plate plate a window you know or like a a, a petulant cat or something about to knock something off the counter like mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. don't you do it it's that cocaine I tell you. <laughs> So this one's short, but I thought it was very um, telling. The motto of the high school class of 1895 was, work is the law of life. How pleasant. Damn. Yeah, not not love or happiness Lame. or, you know, yep, family. Nope. <laughs> Ludwig Senglob, a German resident of Manitowoc, aged 74, committed suicide Friday morning at the home of William Raddins. The old man had become enamored with Mrs. Raddins and had been a frequent visitor at the house. She told him not to come anymore. He went to the house, however, walked into the front room, and deliberately shot himself while looking into a mirror. Dude. He just realized how silly his last name was and he just had to end it all. (laughs) Send glob, why? So wait, so was he like fooling around with the lady? No, he was like obsessed with her and she was not interested. She's like, dude, I'm married. I'm not into you. Like He pulled down his pants and shot himself. (laughs) My penis is not small. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He looked in the mirror and he tucked his penis behind his his legs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Why won't you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Oh my god, wouldn't that be so bullshit? You just minding your own business and some guy that's obsessed with you just that's some Seinfeld shit. Seinfeld and hell. So John Martin, a farmer from Sheboygan, went to Chicago Monday. While looking for lodgings, he met with what he terms as an honest face boy whom he asked to guide him to a suit to suitable house. To a suitable house. The boy led him to a hotel and then asked and received permission to sleep with the farmer, not have sex with him, well, as far as I know. 
When the latter awoke, he was surprised to find his newly found friend had disappeared, as had Martin's. There's a hot dog in his phone. <laughs> <laughs> as had Martin's wearing apparel and money. The boy had left his ragged clothes behind. All day long, Martin waited for the boy with the honest face to come back. Then Martin put on the clothes the boy had left and went out into the hotel office. He was immediately taken for an insane man and sent headlong into the street. Oh, please tell me he had to hold a lollipop, too. And it's like part of the <laughs> He outfit. had like short pants on. He's like, yeah. Yeah, the trousers. And they're like. No, go ahead. The hat had like a little curly blonde wig. <laughs> Mr. Mr. I lost my clothes. <laughs> I washed my clothes. <laughs> the trousers Martin wore reached only to his knees while the coat could hardly stay on his shoulders. Fat guy and a little <laughs> little Oh, uh, yeah. Was that Black Sheep or was that? Uh, no, Tommy Boy. Oh, Tommy Boy. Yeah, nice. You guys, who how the fuck has an honest face? Do we have honest faces? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, yeah. You guys look honest. Yeah, I'd I'd give you I'd give you a shilling or two. Nice. You'd be a fool. (laughs) So so he's got on. So he's got on these tiny clothes and he gets chucked out of the hotel, which he paid for. So the newsboys began to tease him. Soon the farmer was so frightened, he started down Van Buren Street in a full run, then south on Clark Street. Excited people declared a crazy man was running loose. Detective Schubert started in pursuit, and at Polk Street caught Martin, who was badly frightened, and took him to the Harrison Street station, where he waited until some philanthropist gave him a suit, a suit fit to wear. Oh, what so an this- odd situation. Dude, this guy, it's so funny. He's like, kid takes his clothes. Okay, so, so yeah, he he's new in town, you know, and he's like, hey, um, you know, finds this, this kid, and he's like, hey, is there a good place to stay? And the kid's like, oh, yeah, come with me, mister. I'll take you to this hotel. So they go to the hotel, and the kid's like, is it cool if I stay with you? And the farmer's like, well, sure, you help me out. So they go to sleep. He wakes up. The kid took his money and all his clothes, and the kid left his clothes behind. So there's a kid with a bunch of money and big, yes. big adult clothes walking around, like, bruh, 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 bruh. oh my god! I'm an adult, and, <laughs> and like he's got, he gets another kid, and they like stand on each other's shoulders, and then they put the clothes on, mm-hmm. and then they try to go to the bank, and and they go to an yeah, X-rated buy movie, buy cigarettes or something. Yeah. That old, yeah. old chestnut. So anyway, yes. so he waits for this kid all day. And then he's like, well, shit, I can't stand here all day. So he puts on the kid's clothes and walks into the lobby, probably to ask for help. They think he's insane and they throw him out. People begin heckling him and like making fun of him. So he like runs, you know, he like runs off probably because he's so embarrassed. He's a kid was wearing some like raggedy ass clothes, like probably like just some. That's what they said. Ragged clothes. It's just I, so, so funny, dude. I don't know. So the kid took his clothes and wore his clothes. I yeah, see. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> That little scamp. Wow. <laughs> 1896. Miss Polly Nichols, aged 62 years, committed suicide in a most horrible manner at Augsdenburg, a small hamlet near Manawa. She became impressed with the idea that a small sore on her back was a cancer and that it would kill her. She went into the backyard, saturated her clothing with kerosene, and then touched a match to it. Damn. I mean, 
There's so many choices. <laughs> I know. There's so many other ways to do that. I know. Why? Why? Fire, that sounds so painful. Yeah. Aristide Griffel, known as Frenchie, was arrested at La Crosse in the act of firing a barn on the north side. He confessed to a multiplicity of incendiary fires that have occurred in North Lacrosse during the past two years. At least 50 fires can be laid at his door. Griffel had a mania for excitement, and this kind suited him best. He had always been the first at the fires and took great interest in the work of putting them out. At home, he would keep the alarm clock continually ringing. What the fuck? Yeah. How do you even do that? the alarm clock what? Uh, just can, just always ringing. ringing. He just just uh, his alarm clock's always ringing. Oh, that guy's fucking crazy. That's like listening to Christmas music all year <laughs> round. You like imagine <laughs> all the time. Oh, just... I know. A horrible mort moida. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible moida. I thought you said a whore, and I'm like, oh, finally, you know. <laughs> A horrible murder was committed in the town of Melrose on the old Marshall Farm near the North Bend on Tuesday afternoon. The perpetrator was George Palmer, between 17 and 18 years of age. The victim was Hazel, the little four-year-old daughter of Oscar Marshall. The murderer seems young for his age and would not be taken to be over 14. He had recently begun He had recently been adopted by Mrs. Marshall from the state school for dependent children. The murderer was found lying on the sawdust in the ice house, apparently unconscious, with the smell of carbolic acid about. He said that he had taken poison because he had killed the girl. The murderer made a statement to the authorities saying that he had always been well used by the Marshall family and had nothing against them. He said that he thought a good deal of the child and did not kill her out of any spirit of revenge, but it had been in his head all day that he ought to kill the girl and her mother and he could not be satisfied till he had gone at it. It seems that he took the child to the barn and struck her on the head with an axe. It was thought that the taking of the poison was only a sham, but he is now reported in serious condition. The young man's father is an inmate of the Oshkosh Insane Asylum. The general belief is is that the malady has cropped out in the boy. What's that mean? Like, like he's, he's crazy because his father was crazy. Wow. Mm. Golly. Yeah. Sounds like some That's schizophrenia, so you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like, got nothing against you, but I just really want to fucking kill you. Man, like, <laughs> something's telling me to do it. Oh, it's so awful. Yeah, what can you do? It's really yeah, sad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on to 1897. The woman in white was taken into custody in Marinette after scaring half of the inhabitants of the city. She is evidently insane and dresses entirely in white with black crepe bands around her arms. She hid herself in the Sons of Veterans Hall and scared several members by stalking suddenly among them. It is claimed she was in a Michigan asylum for a year. Yeah, it's crazy. This woman in white just like doesn't (laughs) talk. She just kind of walks in and just starts like walking behind you or like kind of like goes in your group and it's like she's trying to be a ghost. That's so fun. That sounds like me. (laughs) She's just like that reminds me of uh, creepy paper, (laughs) creepy paper. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that is, but that's very what we do in what we do in the shadows. The show. He's buying creepy paper. (laughs) Yes. 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's so good. That's so funny. <laughs> a horrifying discovery was made at the Rosedale Cemetery in Partyville. The grave of Mrs. Sarah Smith was unearthed for the purpose of removing the remains and, on opening the coffin, it was discovered that she had been buried while in a trance. The body was partly turned over, and the right hand was drawn up to the face. The fingers indicated that they had been bitten by the woman on finding herself buried alive. Woo! Damn! Ouchies. Wow, that was really... I won't soon forget that one. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's that's fucking nuts. Um, I pet a really pretty cat today. Aww. It was fluffy and sweet. And then I buried it alive. (laughs) No! 1899. A wild man was captured in the woods 50 miles north of Chippewa and placed in the county jail there. He is 60 years of age and has lost nearly all resemblance to a human being. A human being. I said human being. Human being. (laughs) Human being. Magic beans. (laughs) He is 60 years of age and has lost nearly all resemblance to a human being. His hair and beard are two feet long, and his raiment consists of a solitary gunny sack wrapped around his body and on his head, a coonskin cap. It is impossible to hold conversation with him as he has lost all knowledge of speech. This strange creature has been seen many times for the past ten years Whoa. by land hunters and is a hermit. Yikes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. My precious. And just like runs around. It's just a pine Whoa. cone. George Rodel and James Rao both got drunk at Beaver Dam, and George in some way got the impression that he was Herman, the great magician. He told Ra that he could cut his head off and put it on again. Ra bet he could not do it. Rodel got a knife and began operations upon Ra, or Rao. He sat down in a chair, entering into the spirit of the entertainment. The decapitation act began, but ended abruptly when Rodel inflicted—God, I don't even know how to say that. Rodel inflicted two long gashes on each side of Rao's neck. The doctors finished the performance by taking sixteen stitches to Rao's neck. How much were they drinking? I guess a I know. fuckload. I was. I was. And what were they say, drinking? <laughs> I know, because like I feel like you'd have to be tripping your yeah, ass off right. to do something I'm like that. I'm the great magician. I mean, like, you can, like, tase yourself and shoot yourself accidentally, but, like, fucking trying to cut off your head, like, damn. Or your friend's head, and your friend lets you try? Yes, and you sit down and let it happen. No way, dude. No way. No. No No way. way. I'll bet you can't. Uh, Oh, my God. All right, I'll let you try. (laughs) Last... Last August, Mrs. Herman Dalk of Center died under mysterious circumstances. Shortly afterward, her children, Mary, aged 14, August, aged 8, and Antonio, aged 6, also died. The peculiar circumstances surrounding the death caused a lot of talk, and the name of, Don- and the name of John Dalk, her brother-in-law and a cripple, was mentioned unfavorably. Then a queer disease attacked stock in the neighborhood and several head of cattle died. This caused great excitement, and the German settlers of this and the German settlers of the vicinity sorry. This caused great excitement, and the German settlers of the vicinity accused young Dalk 
of witchcraft. The cripple, instead of witchcraft. The cripple, instead of denying the report, claims he has supernatural powers. The neighbors threaten to lynch him. Are they call- so that's not someone's last name? They're just calling somebody cripple. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like Damn. the cripple. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking. It's crazy. It's just like witchcraft. Fucking almost <laughs> like almost lynch this dude because they think Burn he's a witch. Him. And he's just like a fucking. Oh my god. He's just guys. a dickhead. He's like, yeah, I got powers. They're like, did you hear him? Well, he what admitted else can it. You do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People trying to fuck with your shit all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> so Christwold, a farmer near Poskin Lake, committed suicide by deliberately blowing off his head with dynamite. He placed. This is my favorite story. Yeah, it's a crazy one. He placed a quantity of the explosive in a hole in the ground, laid his head over it, and touched off the fuse, exclaiming, Here I go, and the Lord go with me. Here I go again on my own. Okay, one, who heard that? Who heard him say that, I wonder? I wonder if there's someone inside, um, maybe. It was probably. It, yeah, it was just watching him do it. Was it was probably an editorial flourish, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. 1900. Mrs. David Phillips committed suicide at Limebridge by hanging herself with a halter in the barn. She was despondent because of ill health. I hate farm life, she went on with a bitter inflection. It is nothing but fret, 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 and work the whole time, never going any place, never seeing anybody but a lot of neighbors and just as big fools as you are. I spend my time fighting flies and washing dishes and churning. I'm sick of it all. Yeah, girl, I'll kill myself too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean that that one that's a really great example of like the like that monotony of that life or like sometimes just that that hard life. Oh yeah. It makes some people go fucking nuts. No. Yeah, dude. It's it's, it's got to yes. be hard to deal with if you're not like totally invested in the life, you know, like yeah. Yeah. So she hung herself with a fabulous halter. <laughs> She's like, I would have liked to wear this somewhere. God damn it. <laughs> With an open Bible in one hand and a dagger in the other, John Isaacson Uh-oh. held three officers and 25 citizens at bay at a missionary meeting in West Superior. Isaacson became crazed with religious excitement and believed that God had sent him to kill the devil. The lunatic was taken to the Mendota Asylum. Wow. Damn. Did you see what God did to this man? <laughs> Frank Whitehead, a whitewater farmer, killed himself rather than get married. Whitehead was engaged to Miss Lily Taylor. The prospective groom had ordered a new outfit of furniture for his house, and everything was in readiness for the wedding ceremony. The furniture dealer is also an undertaker. And as he was loading the furniture, a message came to him to leave the furniture and bring a coffin instead. Uh. Whitehead had shot himself to death. The man had been nervous because of the approaching event, and no reason is known for his self-destruction except pure fright over the wedding ceremony. 
talk about stage fright. <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, he was just so nervous. It's like, yeah, no, it wasn't that his his you know new wife was a fucking hedgehog of a woman. Like, <laughs> God damn! I man. just I couldn't help but thinking of like that Looney Tunes where like you know you see the back of this like shapely woman and the guys you know it's like um, but she turns around and it's like big nasty like lips and like it's like an old lady you know it's just like my man hello boys hello boys i love that so yeah that was uh that was it that was the last one i just thought that was a funny note to end on yeah I'd rather Although, die mm-hmm. than get married. I know. He's like, God, dude. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. It's like there was there was a better way out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we and Lessie have painted a pretty grim picture here. And we have to say that it wasn't all chaos. You know, there was good times, good people, and close communities. But as Lessie and other historians have pointed out, the shift from the 19th to 20th century was difficult for many around the country. So we should not think that the Black River Falls area of Wisconsin was the only place in America to suffer from the same afflictions. Mm-mm. As people flocked from rural to urban life, it left many in the dust. So was there some grand point to Lessie's book and to this episode? Not really. It's really... It's just some crazy-ass stories, Yeah, they're yo. just some crazy <laughs> stories. But, you know, more importantly, it's a snapshot of a time of brutal transition for some and if I have to mm-hmm. correlate it to anything, you know, anything current, um, you know, we now kind of find ourselves in this time of transition and, you know, where our way of life is really upset, you know, from what we do previously. And, you know, some of us are suffering more than others and some of us, some of us are having, you know, much more difficult hardships. So, you know, change, whether welcomed or not, is hard and sometimes brutal. But as we always have, we will come out the other end, but to where I couldn't say. So take care of yourselves and of each other. And that's the that's final right. words that I'll have on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, these sure. stories were fucking wild, though, man. Yeah, for sure. And like to be an immigrant in, in any time and then feel stranded or starving to death or just and there weren't public means to take care of you. Fuck. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What, it's so wild that there's so many of these occurrences so close together, too. That That's, like, mm-hmm. kind of the nutty thing about it. Yeah, it's this, like, 20, 25-year period where it just seems like this area just goes fucking, just goes apeshit. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and, and you know, also consider this isn't, like, a nebulous, of you know, set of events or incidents. You know, like, I bet there are other places in America where we could find... Similar, similar, similar bouts of just, yeah, just, I'm just sure. kind of everything goes to shit and the world kind of seems to go insane, you know? Yeah, I bet you're right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun, though. Those are some, some really cool yeah. stories. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, we encourage all of you to, you know, to check out the book or check out the documentary if you'd rather do that. Um, it's really fascinating. Yeah. There's cool pictures. Um, we'll put up a few on our, you know, social media, but you know, we'll, we'll kind of let you guys, you know, look through the book yeah, yourselves we could link and to... kind of look at the pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could link to the documentary too, and we'll, we'll of course mm-hmm. list those sources as well mm-hmm. absolutely. in the show notes. Yeah. So I guess we should do socials. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook at <laughs> Under the Pendulum Podcast, Instagram at Under. 
Pendulum Podcast. Twitter at Pendulum <laughs> underscore pod. <laughs> and you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. <laughs> I liked when you said Twitter the best. Twitter. <laughs> If you don't get it, you'll you'll get it once you watch the documentary. Yeah, you yeah. really should. It's it's Very really funny. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can find me, Heather, on Facebook at Heather Thomas, Instagram at h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas, and you can hear my narrations on Creepy, Tales to Terrify, Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and The Wicked Library. And you can find me on Instagram at Frothy Star Dog. And I'm a fucking idiot and have been saying my Instagram handle wrong for 26 episodes now. <laughs> so you have nice. Yeah, you changed your handle. That's right. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Christopher Weber 13V as in Victor, <laughs> and on Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. Nice. That's too funny. <laughs> oh, going on. 26 episodes now. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah, oh, we're almost at 30, guys. Woo! Yeah. Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Yes. Mm, we, we should have... do a poop episode. Mm. That's a good idea. Yep. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back with another episode. And take care of yourselves and each other. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't do it. Oh, goodbye. (laughs) Don't do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah.